Welcome to the Grappling Discourse Podcast. My name is Matt Scaff. In this episode, I want to recap what happened this weekend. We had two big events go down. Honestly, I didn't watch the entirety of either event, but I saw all the main matches and I saw a couple of them more than once. The star of the weekend to me was Ashley Williams. Ashley Williams has been on fire the past two years. Two years ago, he lost to Gio Martinez in, I want to say it was the quarterfinals of EBI 15. And since then, he's had one loss. And he's beaten a lot of big-name guys. He's beaten Ethan Krillinston, Frank Rosenthal, Eminari, Ben Eddy. The list goes on. But one loss was to Richard Red Alicorn. It was 3-2 to two in Kasai. He lost 3-2 to two on points. And I know, Ashley, he said that he wanted to get this win back, you know, or get that loss back, get some revenge. He really wanted a match with Red. And two weeks ago, his initial opponent, opponent and I'm not sure who that was, but regardless, he dropped out. And Red Alicorn stepped up because he's a gangster and flew over to the UK. I think Polaris was held in Wells, but anyways, flew over to the UK and faced Ashley Williams in the co-main event. And Ashley Williams hit a highlight arm lock on Red Alicorn. I want to say it was under, definitely under four minutes. It was right around the two and a half, three minute mark. Red went for a takedown and during the scramble, Red caught the arm and got the wrist. You saw him go to that two-on-one control. Super important because Richard Alicorn, when he won CJJ, it was a lot of it was due to how fantastic his arm lock escapes were. He was escaping in under three seconds every single time. His head instructor is Giva Santana, and Giva Santana is known as the arm collector. And from everything I've ever heard with people that's been around Giva is that he's just a phenomenal human, but he's a savage on the mats, and his arm locks are notoriously one of the best of all time. And so for Ashley Williams to catch him in an arm lock that really shows just how high level Ashley's submission game is. Richard, man, he is one of the toughest guys to finish. I can't remember the last time that I saw him get finished. And Ashley Williams made a big statement. And you could tell that Red had a lot of confidence in his arm lock defense. And you could tell that he's probably got really flexible shoulders, flexible elbow, and he's used to finding those inches, finagling his way out. And he tried to do the Gary Tonin running man escape. He tried to step over and find the angle. But, man, Ashley Williams, to his credit, he was going for the break the entire time. And that should be a lesson for competitors. Is like if you're going out there, especially on a stage like Polaris, you've got to go for the break. I mean, there is no, you can't give a guy time. If you give a guy like Red time, he's getting out. And then he's going to be all over you. Got to go for the break. And that's what Ashley Williams did. I would love to see Ashley Williams go against Nikki Ryan next. I think that's the perfect matchup for Polaris to make. Nikki Ryan, you know, is an absolute stud. I think Ashley Williams is ready for that. He's already beaten a couple of DDS guys. I think he's ready for that next step up. And Nikki Ryan, I think, provides the perfect challenge. And Polaris is the perfect stage for those two guys to have a war. I know that match is worthy of a main event.
The best match of the weekend was PJ Barch versus Marcin Held. I think that was the first match of Polaris's main card, and it was a war. PJ ended up winning a super close decision. I'm talking about razor thin decision against Marcin. So how Polaris scores um, their regulation? So they do a a ref's decision or a judge's decision, excuse me, and it's a 15 minute match. 15 consecutive minutes, but they break the scoring down into the first five minutes, the second five minutes, and the last five minutes. I thought Marcin won the first five minutes, and I thought PJ won the last five minutes. The middle, anybody could have, you could have given that to anybody. I think since PJ finished out strong on top, he took the match, but both guys had their moments. I don't think we saw PJ at his best. I think we saw a little bit of competition rust, and he still looked a little hesitant on the knee. Good sign was that he went against a very dangerous leg locker, and PJ's leg defense has always been incredible. I want to say I've only seen PJ get finished one time, and that was Gordon Ryan in an earlier Sapatero. They had a match. I think PJ was still a brown belt, and, man, he almost arm-locked Gordon. But Gordon ended up catching with like 30 seconds left in a 10-minute match with a knee bar. And Marcin Held's known for his knee bars. If you guys listen to the preview, preview, you know that I was really hoping Marcin was going to run through the UFC or like really have kind of a Ryan Hall-type performances where he was emanating, catching some leg locks. Unfortunately, that's not what happened. And I was kind of down on Marcin. I didn't think... He was that good of a grappler, like as everyone said he was, until he beat Gio Martinez in that quintet. I thought once Gio beat um, Gracie, uh, Gregor Gracie, that he was going to blow through Marcin and 10th Planet was going to have a huge advantage. And once he beat Gio, I was like, man, Marcin held a lot better. I need to start giving him a lot more respect. And this match, all he did was really improve his stock in the grappling world. His game looked a lot more complete than I thought it was. His guard looked really good. He swept PJ from deep half and half guard a couple of times. And he attacked legs. He never got close to a leg lock, but he definitely was winning the leg exchanges. But honestly, PJ was defending easily every time. And he did a really good job of using that deep half and half guard to keep PJ off of his favorite weapon, which is the Kimura grip, whether he's going to finish with a ultra Kimura or regular Kimura, or what you'll usually see PJ, he'll get that Kimura, take the back and look to swing into an arm lock. And he's got, in my opinion, the best back to arm lock technique in the game. It is so tight. And I've been a victim of that once uh, a long time ago when we both were purple belts. But I just remember even then how different his technique felt. When he grabbed my arm, I was like, oh man, this guy's a what, 170? It feels like he's 205. His technique is amazing once he grabs that Kimura. And Marcin did a phenomenal job of countering. And honestly, I think PJ was a little bit nervous of his leg. A couple of those sweeps, I think PJ just let himself get swept because that's where he got injured. So when PJ tore his ACL, it was against William Tackett. And William Tackett has that check mat quarter guard. They use that coyote sweep. It puts a ton of pressure on the inside of the knee. And that's how PJ ended up busting his knee up. And I think there was just a couple of times. We didn't see the patented PJ knee slice. Before the surgery, PJ would just murder guys with his knee slices. And we didn't see that. He was really trying to keep that knee safe. I 
don't think we saw an East Slice pass. PJ did pass a, once or twice, I think twice actually during the match. But neither one was by knee cut. And again, we didn't see him really aggressively trying to knee cut like we saw prior to the knee surgery. So huge win for PJ Barch and a big win on that comeback trail. I think we're going to see PJ in about six months because this game did look slightly different. I think in six months, we're going to see a monster PJ. Once he starts getting and recovering from that ACL, he, physically he's fine, but I think he's still got a little bit of mental um, mental walls to break down before we see him at his best again. But I think once he breaks those mental walls down and he starts to get confidence in that knee, I think we're going to see him merge what he's doing right now, trying to keep the knee safe, plus add in all that stuff he was using pre-knee surgery, and he's going to be so much better. I really think P.J. Barch has the highest ceiling right now of any 10th Planet guy. He's a guy that could go out and win Nogi Worlds. And I think next year, look out, P.J. is going to be one of the top five under 170-pound grapplers in the world. I would like to see P.J. in take a couple of months, maybe two months, or late Feb, uh, late January, early February. I'd like to see him take a match. Um, I want, I'd like to see him do a point match. I love seeing PJ in the sub only scene, but again, since I think he's 10th Planet's best hope to win a Nogi Black Belt World Championship right now, I'd like to see him really go out and do that next year. The third match I want to talk about is was on the quintet promotion. We saw the main event, Kyle Chambers versus Hasim Rita. Hasim Rita trains in Japan. He's from Ghana, I think. I know it's somewhere in Africa. I'm pretty sure it's Ghana. Anyways, he trains. He's a black belt, and he trains in Japan. And Quintet and those promotions out there are really trying to make him a star. And he has looked amazing every time I've seen him. But Kyle Chambers was the perfect matchup for him. I really give... Uh, Quintet ate a lot of props for knowing about Kyle and also think seeing that Kyle versus Hasim was just that's what the fans wanted to see. And Hasim, I think maybe six months ago, he had taken two real quick losses to Lachlan Giles. They did a best of three match in China. I think it was in China. And Lachlan beat him from 50-50. I think both of the heel hooks were from 50-50, but heel hooked him twice. And I was kind of thinking Kyle Chambers might tap him with an inside heel hook. But it seemed showed really good leg defense, was very aware, and he took a close decision. It was a two-to-one decision victory for Rita. He won from positioning. He passed Kyle's guard a few times. Hasim looked to be the stronger of the two. And I mean, Kyle Chambers is a beast. He is a very strong competitor, but the announcers, and I would have to agree with them, they were just commenting on how much stronger Rita looked than Kyle. Rita's a freak. He's got that agility and speed. His passing is just phenomenal. He's so light on his feet. He looks like a panther out there. And I definitely would like to see Hasim on some of these bigger shows. I would like to see him maybe do a Polaris, definitely a CJJ or an EBI. The next time EBI comes around, I think Hasim Rita has to be on it. He's a guy that hunts for the submission. Now, a lot of people there, I'd say of, of the weekend, this was the match that had a little, the most controversy on who should have won. A lot of guys thought Kyle Chambers 
won that decision. I thought it was super close. I would have given it to Asim, I think. But if you were judging that match based on submission attempts, Kyle definitely won. But I thought Haseem got the slight better of Kyle Chambers, but it's definitely a match I'd like to see a rematch in the future. Not in the next six months, but two years from now, I think we'll see those guys have another war. Great match, though. I didn't watch the rest of Quintet. I heard that there was a few fake matches on there. I don't know if that's true or not. I just... I don't know. I, I've heard some weird stuff about what went on. Again, there's a couple of fixed matches, supposedly. I don't know. I'm not going to go back and watch it, but I watched that match twice. So if you're going to watch it, just check that match out a couple of times and you'll get your money's worth there. I want to talk about one more guy on a promotion I didn't preview, and I actually didn't even know this went down. There was a promotion called The Grappling Idiots. It was their first show, and they did something really cool. It was the first time that competitors got a cut of the pay-per-view. That's what they were claiming. I, I'm, I'm not sure if that's true or not. I don't know of another promotion that does that. So super cool by them. And they had a couple of monsters out there. But I want to talk about William Tackett. He won their first 170-pound championship. It was an eight-man bracket, and he beat three monsters, all by rear naked choke in regulation to take the Grappling Idiots 170-pound belt. William, man, I am so high on this kid right now. Honestly, I think William Tackett's better than Nikki Ryan. Like At this moment, if I had to choose, I think they're both 18 years old, but if I had to choose one to put money on for the future, it'd be William Tackett. This kid, I wouldn't be shocked by next ADCC if he was the favorite for the under 170-pound division. I mean, he has a super fight coming up. In two weeks, we'll really know where he's at. He's got a big super fight coming up against Wagner Rocha. Uh, down in Florida. So I want to see how he does in that match. But if he beats Wagner, and as long as it doesn't look like how Rutolo beat Wagner, I'm a big fan of Rutolo, but that was a pretty lame match. But if he beats Wagner, you know, passes his guard, takes it back, especially if he finishes Wagner, I'm all in on this kid. <laughs> and I'm ready to jump on that bandwagon train. And next ADCC, I'm telling you, I think he's going to be one of the couple, you know, three or four guys that are the favorite. He can do it all. He can play off his back. He can do leg locks. He can wrestle. He's at a phenomenal camp, camp down there in Checkmat. I think they're in Austin. Austin or Dallas. I'm pretty sure it's Austin, though. Trains with Cody Steele. The Tackett brothers are just on fire. He's got a younger brother who I think is a blue belt. And anyways, William Tackett, huge congrats. Anytime that guy competes right now, I think he's a must watch. And if you're really into jujitsu, you need to be studying what that kid does because he's on top of all the new stuff and he's innovating and he's just an artist. Beautiful for performance. I watched a couple of uh, the, the couple of matches he had and I'm telling you, man, every time I watch them, I just want to study. It's funny because right now, the guys I'm studying the most are like teenagers. I'm studying the Rutolos a lot, and I'm watching a lot of William Tackett. I'd love to see P.J. Barch versus William Tackett again in the future. P.J.'s 2-0 against William Tackett. He's got one sub on William, and then he beat William in the East Coast Trials 4-0 in the semifinals, but William 
with that coyote guard ended up popping PJ's knee. But honestly, I'd love to see those guys just have like a best of 11 series because they're both so much fun to watch and bring it every single time. Hope you guys enjoyed this weekend's grappling. Next weekend is going to be even bigger. There's going to be way more exciting matches, in my opinion. I thought Luke Rockhold versus Nick Rodriguez was, eh, was okay, but it wasn't that interesting. That's why I didn't really talk about it. Um, you didn't miss anything if you missed that match. But next weekend, I can't wait to talk about what's coming up, and I can't wait to be, just be a fan of jiu-jitsu and watch all the action that goes down. Until next time, guys, I appreciate you guys for listening. Let's all train tonight. Later.